Welcome to another episode of the Decided Heart Effect. For us, we really believe that to find a decided heart, we have to have personal reflection on our identity. We have to have active building of high trust relationships, and we have to have a commitment to finding where we belong and how to help others find their belonging as well. And then when we take action with that on our decided heart, we can create positive change all around us. And our guest today is no exception to that. She is actually a huge belonging creator. I'm Hillary. This is my beautiful co-host, Sonia. And Sonia, we are joined today by Esmeralda Archer, who she's not only an advocate of the learning process, but she's a disruptor of tradition. I know a disruptor, the anti-tutor is what she's called. Mm -hmm. But you know, this last year during the, uh, during COVID, you as a college counselor, like it flew up ACT, SAT, all of it. And when you're looking at someone like the anti-tutor here, who that's part of her bread and butter, what was going on in your head? I, you know, I always tell the families like, well, college admissions, we shook it up and then we turned it upside down. And there was a bit of excitement in that for me personally, because our society was so, so into that traditional path of what it should, what, what should education look like? Mm -hmm. What should the path towards higher education look like? So with testing going, like testing was out of here or optional or blind and it changed day by day, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and that's what caught our attention uh-huh. with you, Esmeralda, and why we wanted to have you on is because we watched and for all intents and purposes, you should have blown up. Yeah. Like, like, like it should have self-destructed. And instead, daily, you were reinventing yourself. And it was amazing to watch. Welcome and talk to us about your business and your pivots and your decided heart <laughs> moments. <laughs> well, um, I definitely have had a lot of those. Um, you know, I've been in business for 20 years. I've always known that my passion is for teaching and I love working with students and helping families communicate, get through the learning process and, you know, just learn how to figure out um, not only how each person learns, but just goals and career goals. Um, You know, it's really great to see kids who I worked with years ago calling me up, you know, years later, you know, praising me for Um, helping them make a a big decision or, um, you know, you know, get into the right path. And um, it's, it's so rewarding. And there were many times where I, you know, I thought about changing or, you know, I got swayed in a different direction and everything always led me back to doing this. And so I love it. Um, And yes, uh, the pandemic uh, definitely destroyed the test, test prep in California. Um, and then I did do some test prep for East Coast during the, the time because there were a lot of kids, you know, still taking it out that way. But it disseminated the SAT and ACT in um, California for sure and a lot of the West Coast. Um, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, well, let's like maybe we should go back to like 2017. I decided to become a real estate agent. And um, a lot of that was because of the family business. My dad, you know, walked into my office and goes, when are you going to make some real money? And I was like, fine, I'll get a real estate license. So I did that. And when I was sitting in a lot of these boot camps that were teaching um, the realtors how to market and how to be branded, I thought if I did that to my tutoring business, that would be what it needed. 
So I became the anti-tutor and I started branding it and, and doing these five touches they talked about with marketing and talking to people and reminding people that I'm there. And in 2019, I made more money than I ever had. And it was just amazing to see everything worked. And the SAT was, you know, amazing that year. I had times at the Hub 101 where, where we've seen each other before. Um, I had times when there were 20, 30 students at once coming to do my SAT boot camps. And um, the pandemic really, um, you know, destroyed uh, any hopes of having students come in for those boot camps, not only because we couldn't meet in person, but there was about a year where no tests were administered. And a lot of that was the flaw of the uh, college board's way of administering the tests. They're only done in schools. Okay. You know, I had GRE students that I still helped and LSAT students who took their tests um, via the computer, but uh, college board and ACT were not equipped. So in California, no one took those tests. Can I, I, I would love to just um, really settle in to the moment where the rebranding mm-hmm. yeah. and the moment you said anti-tutor in a, in an industry where everyone was desperate for a tutor. And so, <laughs> you know, that was so risky, a bit rebellious, which is what we love. We love rebellion. <laughs> why, why did you choose the, the anti-tutor? Well, you know, it came through because all of my years of tutoring, I became a crutch to some students and there were some kids who would call me in the middle of the night and go, I need you to come over right now. I have a test tomorrow or I have a homework assignment due. How do I get through this? On top of which I had too many clients. So I had to figure out a way to wean these clients off of me. And that's where I realized I'm more of an anti-tutor than a tutor. I don't want my students needing me for every twist and turn of school. I want to help them, show them what I know, send them off and have them refer someone else to me. Um, The goal with what I do is helping these kids establish the tricks and tools that most good tutors know. Um, And that is the way that I hack Google. You know, I can find any document on Google. I can find all the research that they need to get a project done and or the right material in front of them. Google is terrible. It with finding material for students. You could go in there and put in what is photosynthesis and you're gonna get so many different responses. And depending on what grade you're in, a lot of it just goes right over kids' heads and it's not the right material. So I show them how to hone in and find the right resources. Um, other textbook resources, find, using their textbook to find a resource. Um, and then other teachers' websites, which are great, which a lot of kids don't realize they can do. Um, a different, uh, if you have a teacher that's not speaking your learning language, you can find another teacher's material online and get the photosynthesis worksheet that you need or the, the, the video that helps you to learn. Um, and so that's what I help them do. They don't need me to explain it to them. They just need to know how to, how to research it. And we learn that as adults. Um, I think in college and later in life, when you know we get into a profession and we have to do something, that's when we get good at exploring Google and 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 finding what's available to us to get the job done. And middle school and high school kids don't don't have that skill set, or and or not taught it. No, I so you speak to my teacher heart so much because I was <laughs> my degree is in teaching English. And to to high schoolers. And that was something I would get these seniors who would fail my writing assignments because 
teachers had just sort of pushed them along and, and like, whatever, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, but let's hack this. Like, let's figure out how to actually do this. And they always, I, I was one of the teachers where if you redid it and resubmitted it, that was work. I was going to give you the, the, the grade you deserve. And you, if you wanted, if you did it seven times, I didn't care because my yeah. goal was for the mastery versus the, I'm trying to catch you doing it right or wrong. And yeah, so I have right. this listening to you and especially talking about learning styles. Cause I was someone too, where school was really easy for me until I got to college where I was all of a sudden having to take these GEs that weren't necessarily in my interest. And I had to study and yeah. I didn't know how to study. And, and that was, I mean, that's, you are so mission driven because to me, a mission uh, sorry, I'm going all over the place in my brain, but I'm thinking about like the fire and life safety world. I worked in that world for a while and their goal is to put themselves out of business, right? If there's never a fire, if no one ever gets burned and that is, that is such a, and they know, yes, of course, it's always going to happen, but can we reduce it? I love that same philosophy for years because that to me is a true North star and true servant mm-hmm. leadership right? I want to equip you to be your own superhero. I don't want to be your superhero. I know that was a lot, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's great because when, when I work with a student, just seeing them get those skills and gaining that confidence is where it's at. And I did start at the college level. So I ran classes at um, Los Angeles Pierce college where I helped kids succeed in high drop rate classes. So we did biology, uh, calculus, chemistry, and I started at the college level. And these kids, they weren't failing these courses because they didn't know the material. They had just had no clue how to approach it, how to study. They'd sit in the class and they'd see a lecture and um, the lecture was fun. The guy talked about coffee and, and you know, his walk to the you know, school in the morning. And, and then a huge exam came and they didn't you know, realize, oh, this is a serious class where I have to actually study. <laughs> the thing that, that I resonated with um, is when you were saying that trust is really important for the decided heart effect. Mm-hmm. And it is incredible that you, you've earned that trust from these students so much where there, it was almost, a de- you were recognizing there was a dependency on that trust. <laughs> and what was really awesome to me is that you said, wait, yes, I honor this. This trust is, is sacred to me. However, you must trust yourself. And yeah. I think that's so important for us when we say, trusting relationships in order to do that, we must first learn how do we trust our, ourselves first, be confident in our identity, make those decisions, and then reciprocate that with tr- trustworthiness, right? And then it's this exchange. And I love that you recognize that because that's lifelong for your students. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why I get such a good uh, rapport with the kids because I'm approaching it in such a different way than what they've heard before you know, and and the anti-tutor way of teaching where I'm not trying to get them to use me every night or, or need me all the time. I'm literally saying to them, you don't need me. I don't need to be here. Let's just learn these things. You've got it. I don't have to come. And it's just an approach. I don't think they're, they're used to, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, you can't, with teaching, you can't figure out, it's hard to establish which kids are not confident. 
And for me to go in there and establish that confidence and help them communicate with the teacher more, help them um, advocate for themselves. Um, You know, just these things these teachers are urging the kids to do and also helping the the parent um, student relationship. You know, these kids need to learn to fight their own battles, to to contact the teacher, not to have mom or dad, you know, marching in, telling the teacher they're doing a terrible job. The kid has to go in, own up to what they're doing, own up to what, you know, what's working and not working and have those conversations. And one of the best lines I use with my kids is school is a taste of life and your relationships with your teachers are a a sampling of society. And if you can't make a relationship work with this teacher who in the future could be your boss, your business partner, a client, you're not going to remedy the relationships later. Mm. So use these teachers as a learning Mm -hmm. experience because this hard to work with, demanding, uh, picky person is going to be the exact same person who's in charge of something else later in life. Mm. And if you learn what they need from you, you're going to have a good relationship with mending that relationship later and getting what you need from the situation so that everyone's at peace. And a lot of times these kids think it's them and the teacher doesn't like them and it's personal and it's not. These adults are frustrated and they want the kids to be accountable. They want them to do what's asked of them because if they can't handle that assignment, they're going to get fired. They're going to fail on projects. They're not going to get, you know, these big business deals in the future because People have different chemistry and some people don't work well together, but you have to learn as a human in society what people need. And some people want things in an orderly, structured way. Some people are okay with it thrown, however, you know, you dish it. And it just depends on who you're in front of and acknowledging that and learning that lesson is huge for the future. Well, that's what's really resonating as you're talking for me that, that I just, I mean, I feel like I want to stand up and say, hallelujah, amen. Like I'm in your, I feel like I'm in church. So do you probably right now, because we're so hugely passionate about this, but what I love so much about what you do and how your mind works as Meralda is you know, a lot of the teachers get caught in the weeds. They get in the weeds of the subject instead of going one step beyond, which is really what is the life skill that I'm here to teach, right? Because if I remember a date from history, sorry, Mrs. Woldridge, um, but if I remember a date from history, that's less important than if I understand who those people were informing our history and why they did it. And I can crack and access that information and relate it to my life and to the world around me. And so as I'm listening to you, it is so clear to me that you're one of your most developed virtues. We talk about virtues a lot is resilience. And you model that in the way that you achieve, I mean, your business, your decided heart moments, and we can dive back into some of those again, you had so many opportunities to walk away and be like, I'm done. This didn't work. This Mm -hmm. failed, but you at it. And then you take that core of who you are and you teach it and model it and demonstrate it and help give the keys and the access and the scaffolding to your students to be able to understand that they too can have resilience and grit. That's so powerful. That's that high level thinking rather than those little weeds. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do believe that throughout my life, my resilience has helped me to be where I'm at and, you know, not to be, you know, swayed or, you know, um, 
feel defeatist at anything, but, um, some kids, you know, they, they need that, that, that push and they need that, um, explanation to understand it in their world. And I think that the best gift I have to offer is that when I talk to someone, I'm really good at putting myself in their situation and going, you know, this is tough. I know. I mean, even with my SAT prep, I go, yes, this question is terrible. Or I go, (laughs) you know, they're being awful to you here. I get it. But let's figure out a way to when you see it again, know what to do and learn from this. And I think it's that step of, yes, it's bad. Schools, you know, I wouldn't go back to high school if someone paid me a million dollars. But um, school's tough. And there's so many other aspects. There's a social life and there's everything that's going on in their, you know, poor little, you know, lives at the time. And um, I, I'm there for them. And I tell them, look, we've all been here. And it's so weird because I have, I have, um, you know, adult children and I went through high school and, and, you know, kids never listen to their parents. They need someone else to tell them the same thing that the parents tell um, their kids. So when I do my consultations, a kid comes, a family comes and I go, look, I'm going to tell your kid everything you've been saying. And then they're going to say, yeah, wow. She said all these things. And they're like, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and the parents going to go, I just said that. I go, I don't know. They need to hear it from someone else. Yeah. And so I just have a great way of, you know, kind of making it make sense to them. And um, some of the times I say, I speak teenager, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and yep. so I'm able to get in there and go, look, yes, <laughs> it sucks. Let's yeah. figure out a way. We can't just dwell on this, but what are we going to do about it? And I think that that way, even years from now, they're going to hear that in their mind of go, this is another moment that sucks, Mm -hmm. but what are we going to do about it? Let's, let's, let's get some action in here. You know, one thing that I, I really, truly loved, I watched some of the videos on your website, which I'm going to recommend everyone go to her videos because you represent, you and your people represent anti-tutor so well. Mm -hmm. When people, when, when families or teens or any student finds a tutor, they're stressed. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh my God, there's so much joy. I think I should find a tutor. It's usually because they're stressed. Something's not yeah. working. <laughs> but one thing that, one of the strategies that you use is the mind mapping where you yeah. said, you know what? Let's go back to joy. Find <laughs> something joyful in your life. So you can right. stop the trigger. We we just um, interviewed Elle Ingalls about stress hormones and how horrible yeah. that is. And, and you, you really try to ground that student back to, okay, wait, learning can be joyful. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about that strategy just a bit? Because I think that that's something so important for parents, educators, if you see stressed out, you know, even in our own lives, mm-hmm. do your mind map and figure <laughs> out why are you doing okay. these things? Well, so my favorite question I, I hear from a kid is what does this have to do with, you know, what I want to do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a famous basketball player or, um, you know, I'm going to be a YouTube star. So uh, I don't need to know history, you know, the, the, the date doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I try to establish for them, especially the, the best one for me is the reading. They're like, I don't need to read, you know, reading is not for me. I'm not into it. Um, and every kid I sit down, and I go, well, what are the things that you like? And then I have them draw out these items that they think are cool and are great. And then I show them how to lead to these goals or to, to enjoy these things properly reading is involved, math is involved, learning is involved, memorization maybe, and that all of these items are picked up in school. You know, the assignment, the, 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 the writing assignment that a teacher gives 
um, isn't meant to annoy the student or torture them. It's to get them to think in a different way and deliver the material, you know, in a, in a way that's not your own, but someone else is assigning to you so that you can get that uncomfortable feeling of, I'm not sure what to produce here. And you have a choice. You can run from it and never do it. Or you could just face it on and say, okay, I'm going to use this as, you know, and some of the best papers are written when a kid goes, I can't do this, or I don't have anything to say about that. And then we get an amazing paper because they just have to, one, believe in themselves, but two, see it as a value. And when kids don't see a value to the learning, the education, the assignment, they're checked out. And I get it. You know, entrepreneurs don't do well in school. And a lot of that is because they don't do well with tedious, um, um, you know, busy work that sometimes schools have, you know, it's, it's not intriguing. It's not outside the box thinking it's not fun enough for them, but I have to remind them, look, you're going to be an entrepreneur. Okay. You're not going to work for someone and have a lot of these assignments given to you in your future, but bills are going to need to be paid. And you know, the, the IRS isn't going anywhere and that stuff needs to be handled on a particular due date and done the way they want. Otherwise, you're not getting that business loan. You're not getting that um, funding or that grant. And those are the lessons that school has for you. And, um, and to see the connections of how this all relates and how in your future, that one writing assignment is going to help you with writing a grant or writing a proposal or you know just, just showing whoever you're working with or for that you, you know, that you are educated and you take things seriously. Because as adults, if I get a resume and there's a typo or, you know, there's issues, I'm not looking at it. You know, you have, you want to be taken seriously in society. If someone writes me a letter and there's issues all over it, I judge the letter. It's just a, a societal way of dealing with business. I, I wonder how much this person, you know, really wants, you know, to work and, and, and how, uh, they're going to perform on whatever task we're going to do together. You know, I love just going back to the whole part of this joy that you started the conversation that this, this last conversation with, I really want to, for educators listening, for parents listening, anybody, even employers out there listening, yeah. you know, when I'm working with teams, sometimes I, I ask them the very first thing I do is I teach them to ask their teams three questions. What are your strength virtues? What are your challenge virtues or what's one challenge virtue and what brings you joy? And I said, what do you think is the most important question? And they always are like their strengths. And I'm like, actually the order is what brings them joy? What is their challenge? And then their strengths, they already know their strengths. Look for chances when they're doing well at the thing that they don't think they do out well and call them out on it and say, oh, wow, mm -hmm. look at how well you showed your confidence, whatever it is that they think is right. Amazing. But the joy in a day where if they say farming, you know, I love my, I had a kid that was in 12th grade that loved his farm and he loved his animals. And on the days where he came in and his head was like down and he wasn't connected and something had triggered him. I could ask him, so how's your cow doing? How's, how's Bessie? Tell me about her, you know, all of that. And in a few seconds, he had flipped out of it. The joy rose and he was present again. Right. I think we always assume that we have to fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this to get to joy. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to know what brings somebody joy. 
And, and I love using that to teach where if they're not getting the math problem, it doesn't have to be about Billy and the business um, account. It could be about Bobby and the, the Roblex money. You know, it, it doesn't matter um, what the situation is. It's can you associate it to, mm-hmm. to what you love mm-hmm. and can you make it to where you can understand it? You know, I, I have young kids who are in elementary school and, you know, they'll look at the problem and go, oh, you know, 10 you know, and then it says, you know, I have 10 of these and then, you know, Sheila has seven and, you know, how many do they have all together? And they don't know if they should add or subtract. And I just give them something they understand and go, you have Legos and this kid has Legos. What do you have all together? 17. How'd you know that? Mm-hmm. You know? And so they just, they get it when it's something they understand. And so many times I've seen these aha moments when they can connect it to something they get and they go, oh yeah, I knew how to do that. I'm like, yeah. well, then you know how to do this math too. Ugh. For sure. And I, for this, for this last segment, there's something else that you bring into your business, into the communities that you build, and it's a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the intro, you, I mean, that's the powerhouse is that the anti-tutor is really about belonging and community. And I'd like to, you know, some of the, the evidence that we've seen is that you've created purposefully the learning pods. And then one of your students um, have said you help students find role models to continue the learning. Right. And then I'm curious about, but it started somewhere because you did mention a team that you built early in as an entrepreneur that totally fell apart. And I just wonder if there's a connection there and then why this, the learning pods and building community is just so important to you. Whew. Well, um, you know, I have definitely had a lot of ups and downs in business. Um, still to this day, I have this dream mega website that I want to build. The problem is that I started it and someone like McGraw Hill should have been putting it together. And I was over my head mm-hmm. and I hired someone to help me with it and it didn't work out. And the person just, you know, I got nothing. Basically, I paid a lot of money and I got nothing. And it was a huge heartache for me because I expected to get some form of value. In fact, we built this mega crazy website and I paid $40,000 for it, by the way, and got like a CD with nothing on it. And I had a friend look at it and she, they said, it's like a money pit. There's like, it's a house that's like falling apart. You have to just tear it down and start all over. Like that's how bad what was on the disc was. Um, and so when that happened to me, I walked away $40,000 in debt, you know, that I paid out. I didn't have a landing page to my website. Like there was, there was, we didn't make at least just a front page because we did the back end the whole time. So we didn't even make a front page. So I sat there out of this dream, um, make a website that's going to help kids learn because Google's terrible. Um, and I had to create, I had to go on Wix and buy a $350 or $200 website. And that was heart wrenching to me. Because I just spent 40 grand on a website. How do I not have a front page for people to come and book a session? You know, and I took Wix and I hacked it and I made it amazing and I made it do everything I need to do. You can book an appointment on there. You can see my videos. And I mean, I've probably put, I don't know, 100 hours into Wix just making the website the way I want it. Um, And it's definitely not the site that I envisioned making where kids could come in and have a community and and share, you know, their ideas and teach each other. But um, I haven't given up on that idea. I'm, you know, I'm still, you know, pressing for it and and, and working on it. 
pandemic has slowed it down a bit, but you know, it, it's there. But I think that experience and everything I learned from that, you know, because it was embarrassing. You know, I didn't even want to talk about it for a year or two because I was so embarrassed. I'm a smart person. I, I should have known that it wasn't going the way it was meant to be and, and, and that I kept paying out money and the site was only 10% made and then 15% made and I paid the last check and there was only about 25% of the website done, mm-hmm. you know, and I should have seen and I did see the signs because they were there but I ignored them and I had, you know, this, this idea that it's going to be fine. And, and um, it was a great learning lesson for me. You know, um, I learned about how we have to just pick up when things don't go our way. And it wasn't the end for me. My business was, I would say 10 times more profitable the year after like, well, it happened like in 2010. So seven years later, I made more money than I'd ever had. Um, so it, it was a good lesson. Absolutely. Um, you know, we as entrepreneurs make tons of mistakes and a young entrepreneur is just ready for mistakes. You know, I opened up a tutoring center uh, two years before the two centers that I have now, maybe three years, and I had to close it down. You know, uh, building it, putting it together, seeing it be, you know, what I wanted and having to shut the doors was terrible for me. But I had to because um, I hired the wrong people. I, I, I spread myself too thin. I wasn't ready yet. So I had to regroup and, and, and get ready to where I would know who I needed on my team. And right now, and actually thanks to the pandemic, I have an incredible team. Every, uh, I've been in business for 20 years. And every five years, I think I would get someone who worked for me that was the best. And then they would go off and go to college and start their careers and whatnot. And in the pandemic, everyone came home and all of my best employees over the past few years have called me Mm. and said, Hey, I'm in town. I've got nothing going on. What's, what's going on with you. And now I have five powerhouse women who work for me, who have worked for me before. I didn't even have to train them because they know my business and it's, it's very powerful. And uh, you know, I, I don't even have to be here, but, you know, I come in and I, I, I'm a little bit of a micromanager. So I go back and forth between my two offices and I make sure everything is, you know, the, the way I like it to be and, and that things aren't falling through the cracks and, and kids are getting, you know, the lessons. And then I do, I do my one-on-ones with my own students. You know, I love, I, I just want to sort of summarize this conversation is so wonderful. Uh, once again, I feel like we could keep on talking and talking because you're speaking our love language. (laughs) You can find us. We'll just be chatting. Um, But, but the thing that I really, I see two sides of what you're saying that I want to summarize for everyone. One is as, as a parent, as an educator, as someone who's helping a young person, it's so important to show up in compassion with some validation and meeting them at their level but then helping to bring that resilience and determination. We can do this. We can do it together. And then you can do it, modeling it and then turning it over. So you can bring out that confidence. So I feel like from the adult perspective, you know, not frustration. We always think like, oh, it's no big deal. No, 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 no. Start with compassion and validation because now you have a receptive person on the other side. And as a student, I think that what I'm hearing you say too is don't give up. There's going to be failure, 
but it's okay. You can figure this out and advocate for yourself. It is so important because in the end, this isn't about, as we put it, I feel like we're picking on history, the date, but it's about you learning how to learn. And Mm -hmm. that can bring a whole new level of relief to the stressors that we find in education. So can you let our listeners know and our, our viewers know how they can find you. Of course, this will all be in our information sure. as well, but I know there's people right now that are like, yes, my kid needs you. I need you, whatever it is. How can they find Great. you? Um, well, I'm at mystudypage.com and there's a blue button at the top of my website um, where you can click book appointment. And if you click on that, it says a free consultation and you can have a book a free consultation on Zoom um, in person at one of my centers. Um, and then we can start from there. That's a great way to uh, meet with me. When I do a consultation, the whole family comes. We talk about what's working, what's not working. And there's a change that happens in that conversation that I should be charging for the conversation uh, for the consultation mm. because I will sit down with a student and we will goal set right there and we'll get rid of all the elephants in the room. We'll talk about what the parents are seeing, what's why. And, and the best one is when the parent comes in and the mom's super frustrated and, and her she's like, I just don't know. I keep, you know, trying to get them to, you know, make the right decisions and they just don't want anything to do with school. And the kid's like, yeah, she's just, they want too much for me. And I stop the kid and I say, well, if this, if this were the other way around and this was your kid, would you do what your parent is doing? Yeah. You know, I'm right. And still, <laughs> and so that's just a great moment for this, you know, for, for everyone to acknowledge their role and, you know, for the kid to say, yeah, I'd be frustrated with me too, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is great for kid teens. <laughs> Esmeralda we are just so grateful for you I am I am just as a college counselor I'm just so um I'm celebrating that there is an anti-tutor out there I can't wait to start referring I can feel your heart growing like growing I knew it was working when a teacher when uh, my students said I was in my class and the teacher at the back goes what's an anti-tutor yeah 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 right I did it (laughs) <laughs> well, for, for, for us, I'm going to speak on your behalf though, but there is such clarity and confidence and purposefulness in what you do, what you stand for, how you would like learning to happen, um, mm-hmm. that, that branding it's, it's gravitating, you know, it's thank inspirational. You. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us for thank another you. week of the decided heart effect, the DH effect. Um, we hope that you also have found something to inspire you to take action in your life. And maybe perhaps it's the children or your students that you're helping to evolve and becoming true learners mm-hmm. and self-advocates uh, so they can invent and create um, a, a quality of life for all of us in the future. Um, don't forget, right? That's what I'm celebrating. Um, don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel and all the podcast platforms that you like to listen to our shows on. And until next time, may you find the courage to live with a decided heart, anchored by identity, trust, and belonging. Thank you, everybody.